This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Strangers and Aliens, episode 214, Rogue One, a Star Wars story, Road Trip. Welcome to the Strangers and Aliens podcast. Strangers. <laughs> to boldly say what needs to be said. Would you be a stranger or an alien? Or would you be a strange alien? The truth is out there. I am your father's best friend's plumber. Superman. Heroes. Villains. Captain Picard versus Captain Kirk. Do you think that there's room in sci-fi for God? The very first thing that God did so was that he created something. So we have a creative God. This is Strangers and Aliens Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Strangers and Aliens. I'm Ben, Ben Avery, and I just put the van in reverse to pull out of this parking area because we're on a road trip. Evan? Yes, we are. Road trip! And I'm not alone. You just heard Evan, and I'm also here with Hudson. Hey, what's up, guys? And my kids. Say hello, everybody. Can hear that, yeah. And you I'm here to closer to the microphone. It's Yumi, Yumi Amelia David, and she's here and she can't talk because she's five months old. So, this is her first Strangers and Aliens podcast that I'm aware of. She might have been in the background of an episode or something that we or something, maybe, <laughs> but nothing significant. But we are going to go see the new Star Wars movie, Star Wars Rogue One, a Star Wars story, a Star Wars story, which is not. It doesn't have an episode number. It's just in there. It's in the mix. And uh, before we get started, Ben, what are you wearing? Who are you wearing? uh, Who am I wearing? Yes. Uh, I have changed my shirt, Evan. This afternoon, I was wearing the t-shirt that I have with the Atari 2600 Empire Strikes Back video game box art. But I am now wearing my flannel shirt, a Kohl's flannel shirt, that is over my Nintendo Metroid box art t-shirt because ben does not wear the thing to the thing i don't wear the thing to the thing and my son did not ask me to wear the thing to the thing so i didn't do it last year i did because tim asked me to oh well i am wearing a shirt from hawaii yep that's it i mean i'm also wearing pants well obviously and i'm also wearing a jacket because we are on our tauntauns so and this we whole on wearing, way. what are you wearing, who are you wearing, red carpet question is just kind of fizzling out now. Is that what I'm what I'm hearing? It is, but it's also a tradition, so we're going to keep doing it. Okay, all right. <laughs> I mean... Wear more interesting stuff, Ben, if you wanted to be more interesting. That's uh, all I'm, I'm saying. I wore an interesting it's thing. It's true, you it's did. Metroid. I'm, I'm the one who's not... I mean, it's interesting, but it's not nerdy at all. Yeah. So... All right. And everybody else, uh, Hudson, who are you wearing? I'm wearing a sweater because it's very cold outside. Oh. Yeah, that wasn't your, Evan. That was a little more interesting than yours, but <laughs> only by like a sliver. 
And then my kids are all just, I don't think they're wearing anything exciting. Oh, Tim is. Ask Tim, what, Tim who he's wearing. Who are you wearing? I'm wearing shorts. No, your shirt. Uh, I'm wearing a Bethel shirt. Bethel Pilots. Bethel Pilots. All right. Without them, I would not have a house. <laughs> That's true. You know, Tim was born while we were living at Bethel. Yeah, across the street, right? Uh, yeah, me? at the Jones house. Yep. Well, it's now the security office. Okay. Uh, girls, are you wearing anything special or fun? No. Yes, Ellen is? My new shirt. Which is? It's just a shirt. But it's new. <laughs> like this movie we're going to see. Oh, segue. Okay, Ben. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> what do you want to talk yeah. about? <laughs> hey, am I going the right direction to drop yes, off? Yes, you, you are. Okay. She's on Ireland. All right. We're on a several missions here on our road trip. That's the right. The first is to deposit my daughter with my wife, who is currently at an office Christmas open house party thing. And the second is to possibly get something to eat for dinner. In the drive-thru. And the third is to, I guess, eat the dinner. And then the fourth is to watch the movie. After standing in line, probably. Uh, maybe. We'll see. 7 o'clock show, 7 o'clock midnight show, as I like to call them. And the six of us, we have our tickets already prepaid, pre-purchased. But it's not at the theater where you can choose your seat. So we'll see what kind of seats we're going to get. But we're not going to the 3D show. I don't know if I told you that. That's okay with me. Going to the regular showing, and that matters less if you're in a weird spot off to the side or way up front or something like that. Without 3D, you're able to experience. Have you ever had to, like, you go together in a group, but you've had to sit apart? I have, but usually we've been able to keep parts of the group together. Mm. That's only happened to me once, and it was when we went and saw 1998's Disney's Tarzan. I went and saw that by myself. Really? At the Wonderland Theater in Niles. Nice. Cheap theater. Uh, cheap in a good way. Let's talk oh. about Star Wars. <laughs> Evan, we recorded today about things we were hoping we would not see. Yep. Um, let's talk a little bit about what we think we're going to see. And let's start with the kids. Let's start with the young'uns. Uh, Yumi, what do you think you're going to see? Nothing. Okay. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Yumi. All right. Very accurate. You will Yumi not see any a, of it. Very <laughs> deep, high-pitched voice. <laughs> so uh, let's start with the other young'uns who actually have, you know, speech ability, starting with Laurel. Laurel, what do you think you're going to be seeing here? You excited about anything? Um, I think there's a girl in it, so yeah. You're excited to see a girl? Yes. <laughs> yes. Fair enough. All right. Ellen? Um, I don't even know. Anything, I don't know anything about it, so I don't know. What What do you hope to see? Um, I don't know. I haven't thought about that. What would make it a good movie for you? Because you said you wanted to go. Um, if if there were like good looking guys in it. Oh my goodness! And they weren't like evil. So, all right, Ben. Good looking guys who aren't evil. Good looking guys there who aren't evil. Do you think, Ben? Do you think we'll see them? Do you think we'll see any of those? Uh, good looking guys who aren't evil. Yeah. Possibly. Possibly. Based on the trailers, I don't know. Based on the trailers, there are definitely some guys who aren't evil but are not necessarily good looking. <laughs> yes. I can, I can vouch for that much. There's a guy with a mustache. That, that doesn't yeah. go one way or the other, but 
Ellen said, ooh, so apparently that doesn't count. Well, Ellen should not be interested in guys with mustaches yet because that's a little bit older than I want. We're not going to talk about this right now. We will talk about this at home with your mother. Uh, All right. Let's, let's move on to Tim. Tim. What are you, what are you hoping to see? What are you uh, expecting? Star Wars movie. And Tough crowd. Well, that's why we started with the youngins. So, Hudson. What are you hoping to see? Please be something more than just a movie. I'm I'm looking forward to kind of like a filler story that's going to be really interesting with some characters that probably are a little more relatable, just average Joes kind of thing. And I'm looking forward to seeing how they create the themes of Star Wars just with ordinary people. But I'm also kind of hoping to see Darth Vader sometime. I don't know if that'll happen, but that'd be kind of cool. Pretty sure it's going to happen. Yeah, and I do hope that if Darth Vader's in it, it's more than just like a brief cameo. Like yes. I, I'd like him to be a part of things. Yeah. I want to see a lightsaber. Yeah. <laughs> At least one time. I so, want to see it. Evan, expectation, yes. what are you hoping to see? I'm hoping to see a bridge, Ben. More than just one bridge. A bridge between the two trilogies. So we get more cohesiveness. Aw, poor Yumi. It's okay. I I heard my kids. I hope that you didn't hear my kids be rude to each other. But, you know, it happens when you have teenagers. They're rude to each other and have fun with it. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you heard, but Yumi was crying. But she's okay now. Uh, Okay. Anyway. So. So, yes, I'm looking for bridges, Ben. Bridges between the old trilogy and the new trilogy. And uh, I think we're going to get some. Probably. I'm one who says we don't need bridges between the trilogies. I'm hoping just for a really good story that's set between the trilogies. Now, this one, we we know the story. Uh, we have read the story before, even if we haven't read any of the books. If you've seen the first movie, the first Star Wars movie that was made, you've read this story. That's what we saw in the beginning of that movie. And so this is a fun chance to show something that hasn't been seen uh, on screen like this, but at the same time, I hope it works as just its own story too. So it's not just a hey, this is where this came from, and hey, this is where that went, and hey, this is this is explaining this thing that doesn't really need to be explained. But it, it says it, it's it's its own story that happens to do those things, and that we get some good, just a good beginning, middle, and end for these new characters. Yep, that's what I'm hoping for. Sounds good. I'm also hoping for some cool culture on the planets. I'm looking forward to seeing some new planets in the Star Wars universe. And Hudson, you were telling me that you are already familiar with one of the planets. Yes. Uh, I p- played Battlefront, and they came out with a new release for Rogue One, and we got to see Scarif and what it supposedly looks like, and I was pretty excited, because it looks pretty cool. Yeah. And we also did, me and Hudson did some little uh, some research. Be- yes, we did. Before... Uh, we got picked up here by Ben. We were watching some Clone Wars episodes that uh, starred the uh, Forrest Whitaker's character from this movie that we're going to go see. And uh, just showing him when he was a young man. In the, in the trailers, he's looking like he's mid-late 60s. Um, and How in, old would you say he would have been in the, in the Clone Wars thing? Probably like 20. Because this, this really is like right before the first right. Star Wars movie. And so there is some wiggle room of aging and stuff like that. This is when, if we see Darth Vader, it will not be 
Darth Vader at the beginning of his Darth Vaderness. Right. It will be like well, like peak. you kind of are getting in Rebels, maybe, but it will be him right before, right before we see him for the first time step onto the Tana Four, yep. the starship that Princess Leia was captured on. And uh, I think it's going to be pretty cool. It, it's uh, it was neat to see what what his character was like that they because they established this character before the the movie was a thing. And so they and they chose to take him and, and make him a part of the movie. So I'm very curious to see how if Forrest Whitaker decides to take any cues from that or any or if they if they keep any personality traits the same, that sort of thing. And that's a really cool thing that they did that because that first of all legitimizes, I think, Clone Wars a little bit. Mm-hmm. Not just that, oh, these are all things that were happening and we're we're reflecting like well, Clone Wars basically bridged the gap between uh, between Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith in some ways. Mm-hmm. and But then it also says, okay, we're using these characters going forward. And it ex- I'm, I'm cool with that. I'm, I'm glad that we're getting a couple characters who have been established. Like we've seen in the trailers, Mon Mothma. Yes. That's, that's a cool usage of the universe. I'm hoping that it's not going to feel like a really small universe in the same way that say Anakin Skywalker building C-3PO just made things yes. feel smaller. Yes. Didn't make things feel like we're in this great big giant universe. Uh, and Star Trek does it too. Star Trek has them stumble upon things all the time. Voyager. I don't know if you watched any Star Trek Voyager, Evan. Maybe you saw what, like an episode. What was crazy about Star Trek Voyager was that they were thrown on the other side of the galaxy, but the entire time as they're traveling back, it's a 70 year voyage for them to get back at top speed. And they run into like every single possible thing you could think of. They they run into the planet where Amelia Earhart just happened to be after being abducted by aliens. Nice. And it's just this is ridiculous. They uh. run into a weapon that one of the crew members programmed when she was younger, and this weapon has been traveling across the galaxy, and they just happen to run into it as this 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 explosive missile probe thing. It's ridiculous, and it just makes things feel really small. And I don't want this to feel small. I want this to feel like we're in a... These are new stories outside of the Skywalker family. Mm-hmm. And yes, if Darth Vader's in it, obviously a Skywalker is in this movie, but it's not a Skywalker movie like we're getting with the, the three trilogies that we're supposed to have when, when Force Awakens continues on into Episode 8 and 9. Mm. So, anyway... I am glad that they're using a character from Clone Wars, and I'm also glad that they have a, what really amounts to a new cast. Yeah. Most of these characters are brand new people that we have not seen other than in trailers, which doesn't count because they're about this movie. I'm happy to see uh, Bail Organa also because he was kind of like they kept sneaking him in in the prequels in, on the side, you know? He just kept showing up. And he's Jimmy Smith. I mean, okay. it's a cool guy. Okay. He is. He's a cool guy. Trust me. <laughs> Trust me, I'll youngin. Take, I'll take he's, your word for it. He's a cool it. guy. So I like him, and he's Princess Leia's dad, so. Yep. And that's the thing. We Let's, let's jump there, then. What are some things that we don't want to see? I don't want to see too many things that are just there to make the fanboys cheer. Or girls. Fan, the fan peoples cheer. I don't want to see C-3PO and R2-D2 on Tanta 4 on that ship. I don't want to see them give the plans and put them into Leia's 
hand. I, I don't want to see that. I don't need to see that. I just want to see a beginning, middle, and end of the story for these characters that we're following for this movie. And so I'm, I'm hoping that doesn't happen. And there's another thing that I'm hoping doesn't happen, but we're not going to talk about that right now because this is kind of spoiler-free conversation up front. So we're not going to talk about that. But if you watched our video on Facebook, uh, I think you can track that down. There's a, vi- uh, there's a post now that has our Facebook Live video where we talked about the thing I hope we don't see. Yep. Um, one thing, and maybe I'm weird, but the, one of the things that fascinates me the most about Star Wars is the politics and I love um, any stories we get to see where we get to we get to see some of the transition from the Republic to the Empire, and how how they made that switch over. And so I don't know how much we'll get of that at all in this because, like we said, it's at the very it's like days before the original Star Wars movie. But I don't know stuff stuff like that. I like to see. I think just think it's fun, and it, it helps you put it together. A little more when you're watching it straight through from one to one to seven, so I like that stuff. So Hudson, tell us about your Star Wars background. I can't remember how many of the Star Wars movies have you seen, and when did you see them? Did you see them last year, like in the lead up to Force Awakens? Is that right? That is right. Yeah, I watched a week before Force Awakens came out. I watched all of them back to back to back to back, one a day, and I think we had to do two on one day actually, something like that. It was something crazy. It was awesome. Not sure I ever want to do it again, but it was awesome. <laughs> and have you have you gone back to it in the time since then? Um, not really. I've watched. I've actually gone on YouTube and watched some YouTubers tell Star Wars stories that they've created on their own, things like that. But never like the original actual movies. Uh, and then today you watched a couple Clone Wars episodes. Have you ever watched that before? I think. At watching it, it looked a little familiar, so I think I might have watched an episode with a friend once, but never on my own at all. But it was really interesting. I really liked it. A couple of cheesy lines here and there, but... Oh, yes. <laughs> but overall, it was really interesting and um, definitely made me want to watch it more when I get access to Netflix again. Yeah, I, I feel like Clone Wars is better than it should be mm. a lot of times because it's a half-hour cartoon, basically. And, you know, when I was a kid... I had droids and Ewoks ah. <laughs> as my Star Wars cartoons, and let's just throw it out there, not as great. Uh, Ewoks especially. I mean, they worked for their own thing. Ewoks was basically, hey, we've got this Star Wars franchise. Smurfs is popular. Let's do Smurfs Star Wars. And droids actually had some uh, serialized storytelling where they would go on, you know, from episode to episode with a to-be-continued kind of thing. Uh, as they were following C-3PO and R2-D2 at some point in time with different masters uh, as they're going around with the galaxy. But, yeah. And then Rebels I haven't seen any of except for, I think, the pilot episode. Mm. That's the only episode I've seen. So Very good, Ben. Very and good. I'm also hearing good things about that. Clone Wars is, I think it was built for more for an adult audience. It's definitely, it's definitely for kids too, but, I mean, after the first season came out, they were playing it on TNT during primetime. Um, and especially the last season got released only on Netflix. And that had some much darker storytelling um, that leading straight up into episode three, Revenge of the Sith. So I think they're, it's built for mature audiences, but also accessible for kids. Um, there's, there's some cussing in the show, I think, also. So 
It's a, it's a, it's an interesting animal. Um, Rebels is definitely marketed more for kids. At least it was in the first season, <laughs> and now it's getting traction, and they're going they're going a little bit darker. Um, but it's it's just great stuff, great stuff. So, Evan, where am I headed with? Keep going straight, Ben. Okay. I will keep going straight then. Do you know where the Walmart is? I do. Her office is across the street from the Walmart. Oh, right by Chick-fil-A as well. Yes. Maybe we'll go there. Maybe we will. Maybe. It's literally like a minute, maybe I, 30 seconds from the movie theater. I eat Chick-fil-A almost once a day now. Oh, my goodness. Because Taylor University has Chick-fil-A on the campus, and we, we get food. So I, I eat there a lot, and it's wonderful. <laughs> okay. As long as you like it. All right, so it's taking us a little longer to get there than normal because this is really close to the theater then, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, the roads are really icy, and yes. there's lots of snow. And Good Evan, thing we're on the Tauntauns, yeah, like Evan I said. promised lots of Hoth jokes. Yep. Or as Daniel would say, Hoth jokes. Really? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I don't get it. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, we must destroy the shield generator. That's all that really <laughs> matters, as long as we do that before we get to the theater. You know what's kind of funny to think about? is the Empire, when they were attacking the Rebels in Empire Strikes Back at the beginning, what are they going after? The shield generator? And the Rebels, when they're going after the Empire at the end of Return of the Jedi, what are they going after? The shield generator. Isn't that kind of interesting? That is a interesting. A little uh, back and forth there. Yeah. A little holding on to the same goals and MacGuffins. Have of... you ever played Star Wars Battlefront Two, Ben? No. In the story mode, oh, you, I should lend it to you, because the story mode is really cool. It's you're a commander in the 501st Legion, and you're, it's basically walking you through his story. And he was one of the people who ransacked the Jedi Temple. And it, the campaign ends where you're a stormtrooper on Hoth. And, that's your, and he's like, that's our finest hour because we came in with all of our, you know, everything we had and defeated the rebels. So I guess he didn't live long, much longer after that. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes your finest hour is also your last hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, what what system is that for? PS2. Okay. Yeah. So, so I I'll actually let, could play that. I'll let you borrow. It's great. It's good stuff. Because our Wii U was stolen. They do. They do right a, out of our house. It, that's right. It was. Have we told that story on the podcast? Probably. Yeah. Probably. Well, anyway, they they have like missions like you go and you you're the one who steals the crystals for the Death Star. Um, which I don't think is canon anymore. <laughs> See, again, you know, there's one thing to tell a story, and then there's another where you're, you're just trying to figure out, okay, what kind of stories can I tell that tie in? And I just feel like there's so many things. Like, if you try and explain every little thing, it's it just loses some of the magic. And I hope that they don't do that with this. The prequel movies, I feel like you lost a little bit of the magic because they were trying to tell... So many things and just say, okay, so where's where does Boba Fett come from? Who's his dad? And where does this come from? And where does that come from? And just, just tell a story. And so that's I, I have high hopes that this is going to do that simply because it's not a Skywalker movie. So and George Lucas isn't involved. That is also true. I, I'm curious. He liked the movie though. He said he liked it. Oh, cool. I don't know if he's going to say he didn't like it. Uh I don't think he'll lose any money for not liking it. But He'll still gain whatever he was going to gain, but um, yeah, I I think I I have high hopes for Rogue One, and I I'm still maybe riding the high from the Force Awakens a little bit. But I'm curious though, Evan, mm-hmm. is this going to change 
your viewing order? Is this going to become like you are a, a viewing chronologist? I am. You must watch I'm a episode stickler. one, two, three, four, five, six. Yes. Does this then have to be, you know, would this end up in that number four slot for Absolutely. you? Absolutely. Why wouldn't it? It's the order in which things happen, Ben. That's really unfortunate for you. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Just the rigidness. No, it, it, it's not like I feel a compulsion. It's just it doesn't – it soothes my soul, Ben, when things are in their proper it's order. It's not a compulsion. It just no. soothes my soul. It does. It soothes my soul. Somehow that sounds worse than a compulsion. <laughs> See, there is a loophole, though, Ben. If this, oh. movie, if this movie has bookends from like if – if we start with Jen Urso and she's like an old lady and she's like, this is what happened when I was – 20 years old and the Empire and then then it will have to go after episode 6 because it sure. starts it starts at a later time period what if it but if the whole thing is set in the time period of the Death Star being built well then it goes in the number what 4 spot what if it spot. starts in an earlier spot and then jumps to a later spot no because that would I think that would constitute a flashback a cold, a cold open flashback if it if like the first act is earlier, and the the later two acts are later. If it's a whole act, I don't know. But if it's like the first five ten minutes, then no, I'm going with flashback. All right. Yep. That's how I roll, Ben. But you can't go flash forward. You can't. You you wouldn't be able to accept it as a flash forward if the cold open was just eighty year old Jenner or so, and she's hey, this is what happened. Nope, couldn't do it. Interesting. For me it being its own thing I, I don't feel any compulsion at all like I've got I guess I'm looking at it as you got three stories you got the original trilogy you've got the new trilogy you've got the prequel trilogy and then this is just a fourth that you're throwing in there hmm. it's and, one story Ben no no <laughs> that's how I see it it's one story you can say that the story of the is fine yeah is, and I did. I they're going it. to have another story on its own, correct? After oh, yeah. eight, there's gonna. I mean, there's basically gonna be a Star Wars movie every year now. Is the plan, and so we're gonna we're gonna have the the hardcore episodes, and then we're gonna have the standalone Star Wars stories. Uh, it's right there, Ben. That cricket. See it on the right. I see it. All right. I see it. Tauntaun, go that way. All right. I <laughs> think. Unless we're going to have some sort of argument about viewing order, which we've already had in the last episode, uh, I think that we are going to stop recording, and we will con- we will start recording again if something interesting comes up. But right now we have to drop off the youngest, the littlest of the littles here, yep. and then we're going to pick up some food. So, all right, we'll be back later. And we're back. The movie is done. And here we are. I guess I'm not driving. I can hold this. Here we are. We're in the parking lot. I don't know how much conversation we have to have about this movie. uh, But we're going to get started in the parking lot anyway. Because there's a long line of cars. And so we're going to kind of wait to get out before that long line. uh, Wait for the long line to to get down a little bit. So this is going to be spoiler free for the moment. We are going to play the spoiler organ when we can talk spoilers. So... Hudson, 
Avery kids, do not talk about spoilers. For example, things that happened at the end of the movie that might have caused emotional reactions or something. But I will say there are things that could cause emotional reactions in this movie. Plenty of things. And I had some emotional reactions. Hudson, any emotional reactions from you? Oh, most definitely. Um, I I can't say what no, they are yeah. there. Yes, there were. <laughs> there were. Uh, Laurel, <laughs> any emotional reactions from you? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. That was, that was my middle daughter. Uh, Ellen, my oldest daughter, any emotional reactions from you aside from the reaction you just gave us about the cute boys? Um. And the lack of them. No, not really. Okay. I have raised heartless automatons uh, who have no soul. Tim, any emotional reaction from you? No. Evan? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Okay, all right. <laughs> Tim just called me a wimp. Okay, all right. So, spoiler free, I want you guys to give this a rating uh, from one to five. How many stars you give it out? One out of five. Five is perfect. Three is average, and one is terrible. Okay, and then just say what was the like? Did you like the action? If you like the action, you'd say I really like the action, or I really liked a certain character. Okay, tell us what you one thing you liked about the movie, but it has to be vague. It can't be I really liked when so and so did this. Okay, so spoiler free. We'll start with Tim. Uh. I'd give it four and a half. Four and a half. And just the first thing off the top of your head, what did you like about the movie? I got what I asked for. Which was? A Star Wars movie. There it is. And right. this was, this was like, um, when they were um, in that one place and there was lots of people, that it felt like a Star Wars movie, like one of the original trilogy. Yeah, that's perfect. That's actually really well done. Okay, you kept it spoiler free. <laughs> Ellen, um, I give it, I guess a four. All right. And what's one thing that you that you liked about the movie? Um, I don't know. I I liked it all. I like, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Laurel. Um, like. Two and a half or three? Uh, you got to choose one. I don't know. Two and a half. Okay. All right. And what's one thing you liked about the movie? Um, I liked that there were more girls that time. Okay. Uh, Hudson. Uh, by the way, we're at what? Total score of 11? Yeah? I'm not keeping track. 8.5 plus 2.5 is... 11. Yeah. Okay. Hudson, one out of five. What do you think? I'm going to place it right around a four. I'm not sure if it's below a four or above a four yet. I saw... we'll, we'll just give it the four then. So that puts us at 15. And so one thing you liked about the movie? I liked... Ooh, I'm going to... I think I can say this without spoiling. I liked the ships. Yeah, that doesn't spoil anything. <laughs> there are ships in this movie, people. Spaceships that do things. I almost said something. Spaceships that do stuff. All right, Evan, 
My gut feeling at the moment, I'm going to put it right around four also. So. All right, so we're at 19, I think, total. And then I'm going to put it at a, yeah, 4.5, which puts, that puts it at 23.5. I can't do math here. I was going to divide it by six. So 24 divided by six is four. So that means we've an average of four stars. All right. Because my one daughter completely threw off the the data here, (laughs) the data set. But uh, that's not too shabby. That's not too shabby. And uh, Evan, did you say your one thing you liked about the movie? I did not. Go Um, for it. I liked a bunch of things about the movie. I'm only going to say one here, I guess. So it's going to be characters. All right, and I'm going to say um, I felt like it had the right ending. I felt like the ending was the right ending for the movie we were watching. I agree also with that. And I felt like it was a solid movie, even if it wasn't Star Wars. It, it was a solid sci-fi action-adventure movie. So that's, that's what I'm going to go with there. Uh, Spoilers. Now, it had a beginning, well, middle, and an end. <laughs> it's exactly what Ben asked for. It, a beginning, a middle, and an end for these characters. Like th- this was their story. Now th- there were other things because Star Wars universe is big. We'll talk about those things, but Horror it movies. it did hit what I was asking for with beginning, middle, and end for these characters. Mm. We, we followed them well. Mm. Okay, so Evan, what we're going to do right now is we're going to drop the the spoiler organ. Okay. Okay. I'm ready to play. All right. Here we go. Spoilers. 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 So we're in full spoiler mode now. We are. We're going to, actually, this is great timing. Traffic has cleared up. We're going to start driving toward Evan's home. And while we do so, we are going to talk about movies in full spoiler mode. We're going to spoil Rogue One. So I'm going to hand the microphone over to Hudson so that I don't have to hold it while I'm driving. I'm now holding the microphone. Making the jump to light speed now. Or hyperspace or whatever. Making the jump to hyperspace ain't like dusting crops, kid. The snow is the stars, I think. Yeah. In our how many, how many of you guys, when you look at the sto- the, the snow flying toward the windshield, just think to yourself, it's hyperspace. We're going into hyperspace. A couple times I've thought that. I've thought that more than a couple times. Um, I try not to let my imagination go away with me while I'm actually driving, though. Ben's trying to negotiate this parking lot here in the ice and snow, so let's get started. you want to do the quadrant, Ben, or do you want to just do free form? I wonder if we should go freeform. All right. We can do the quadrant maybe, but let's start with the things that I hoped would not happen in the movie. Every single one of them happened. It's very true. Well, one of them Every only slightly them. happened, Ben. Well, what do you mean only slightly? Because we we he didn't engineer the exhaust port yes. as the, as the yes. doomsday for the Death Star. The, he did it on purpose, uh, but it was natural to the story. And I felt like the motivation there was not quite as bad as it could have been. Yes. He he rigged the reactor to malfunction if anything went off inside the reactor, but they had to steal the Death Star planes in order to find how to get to the reactor. Yes, but you know what could have... I mean, what I think he was thinking was not that they would do an attack. 
and find that exhaust port, I think he was thinking they might like send in a spy mission or something mm. and try and get a spy on the inside, which honestly, if the plans had been examined before uh, Han, Luke, Leia, and Obi-Wan had ended up in the Death Star, uh, they easily could have, uh, I guess Leia was already in there, but uh, I could easily see Obi-Wan Kenobi's mission in the Death Star instead of just getting the tractor being turned off. It could have been, yeah, setting something at the reactor. Hmm. So, yeah, that skirted what I wanted. And I should say, there was one thing I did not want that they did not do. And that was, I did not want Darth Vader to just be a glorified cameo. Yes. He was a legitimate antagonistic force, (laughs) quote unquote, in, (laughs) in, in the movie. He was not just a... Oh, look, it's Darth Vader. Everyone, you like Darth Vader, right? Like they did with, oh, I don't know, C-3PO and R2-D2. Hey, that was a cameo, and they... It was a cameo. Yeah. You got it. And it was good, and it was fine, and they were in they were in Yavin 4 base where they would have been. And it's all... They didn't show them getting onto the Tanta 4, though. They did not. I'm, I'm curious when that happened. I mean, if they're going to show us everything, why can't they show us how did... R2-D2 and C-3PO get on there. It's a fun nod. Ben, do you not like fun? You don't like fun, do you? I like it more than you do, but... <laughs> um, um, okay, so R2-D2 and C-3PO, honestly, that wasn't too bad. No. Uh, and honestly, if I hadn't been sitting down and thinking about all the, the lists of things I didn't want to see, I might not have been bothered too much by it. Uh, <laughs> but Princess Leia... <laughs> Princess Leia bothered me. And uh, and Evan, I I think I understand now. Hmm. I understand something about you. What do you understand? Ben? I understand why you love Polar Express so much. Oh, because you like characters that just don't look real. You like characters that fall just face first into the uncanny valley. Ben, like you are out of Polar your mind. Express. Oh, <laughs> Tarkin and Princess Leia looked like cartoons. They did not. Oh my did. goodness! Did no, they? No, they did not. Princess Leia looked Tim terrible. agrees with me. Tim, say it again. They didn't. Thank you, Tim. Ah, uh, they... Tarkin looked horrible. And it's because he looked worse than regular people, than human beings. If he had been... He looked actor, more realistic than regular human beings. He did not. He looked more realistic than regular <laughs> yes, human beings. Yes, they There's put... There's a problem there, Evan. That's the uncanny valley right they there. They put way more detail into his face than a the normal human being would have. The uncanny valley is when, I know what the uncanny valley and is. And that's... You just described it. You just totally described it they looked fine i i kind of it was just enough to throw me off so because i've only watched it once i was like this guy looks familiar and so i was like was this the actual actor is this not so but there was just enough that he was different enough for me to think i think he's cgi but that was a think and i had to ask you guys afterwards about it so well tar his voice Whoever did that voice was on. on that was point. amazing. Yeah. Um, that was so good. Tarkin, you could tell that he was a CGI guy. Um, Remember Patrick Stewart in X Three? It was not that bad. That was. It was, it was not that bad. It was close. But uh, it was it, that voice actor though, man. Oh my goodness! It's a step up from uh, what is his name? Clue in Tron. It's a step up from him. Uh, I would say maybe a step up from him. And that worked. He's like eight steps down from where he should be. It worked, though, in that movie. And Princess Leia, I thought, was really, really good. Maybe it was was so brief, though. Exactly, yes. That might have been why it was. Yeah, if you were staring at her, I think you'd have a problem. Can I just say, I thought Princess Leia was great. 
I thought they Here's did the a thing with Princess Leia. Um, that was another thing that I was not, I did not want. But then you, I remember saying, you specifically said, well, what if they just didn't show her face? What if they just showed her from behind? And, and they did it for a second. And I, at first I thought, oh, they're doing it. They're actually going to that point. But no, she turned around. And her line was okay. I don't know if that was Carrie Fisher doing the line reading. I don't think it was. But she doesn't sound like Princess Leia anymore. That is very true. That is very true. Now, here's the other thing. You want to talk about voice acting and getting people from the original movie. James Earl Jones. Oh, I wasn't going to go there. But yeah, that was great. That was great to hear. He did it. It was great. Uh, (laughs) But this car is not moving in front of us. There we go. What do you think this is? A parade? Okay. No, it's a very icy road is what it is. Talking about voice acting. Uh, the pilots. Yes. The pilots. And uh, these are the same pilots, or supposedly the same pilots, who were flying the mission to the Death Star. And here they are, and they look just like those pilots. And I'm wondering in my mind, and Evan, it sounded like you had the same thought, mm. if this was B-roll footage, or, or not B-roll footage, but... uh. Uh, cut footage from the first movie and the voice acting. I'm so glad we watched this on Sunday because those voices sounded spot on so much for me to wonder if these were outtakes from that first movie. Yeah. I wasn't wondering if they were outtakes, but I was just saying, man, this looks straight out of 1977. Oh, so you thought it looked horrible and needed to be fixed up. I thought it would look great. The shots inside the cockpit was awesome. The way that they were shaking and everything. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, but I, I think I feel like they looked like that, and then the lines that they were saying were not exactly from the Death Star run, but sure could have been. And so I, I, I would love to find. I want to find out how did they, how did they do that? If it was just new voice actors, but they looked like them, they sounded like them. And then we saw, and Tim nudged me when this happened, but they we saw Red Five get destroyed. Well, that's that's Luke's call sign. Oh. So he was taking that call sign mm. from that guy who just died in this mm. movie. He was a fat guy too. Tim says he was a fat guy. Like Porkins. Like Porkins. That's what I thought. <laughs> so, well, maybe Porkins died twice, but. <laughs> no, so that was. So we have all these nods. We have Mon Mothma. Oh, she was great. She, she was, was great. But we're all, we're talking about all the stuff. This car has no idea what it is doing. He is in the turning lane, but he's well, you just can't really see the lanes straight. on the road. Hoth okay. is notorious for this. <laughs> Man, okay, you just can't so, keep your speeder in the right lane. So we're talking about all the stuff that they're giving nods to, and I feel like there was one that I really could have done without. Was it the guys? <laughs> it was hey, watch it. Ben, this is the biggest <laughs> plot hole in this movie. The guys from the Moss Eisley Cantina who try to hurt was Luke. Doctor, whatever. Because he was a, he was a butt face guy. Snaggletooth? Yeah. Uh, the action figure called him Snaggletooth. Oh, okay. And, and the guy with the broken eye, right? They are there in Jedi Jerusalem with our characters, okay? And then the Death Star destroys them. <laughs> And somehow they still make it back well, to the Mos Eisley well, they Cantina. they could have been on their way out. We'll just assume that. Well, we have to because, <laughs> you know, eight hours later, they're on Tatooine. Yeah. And, but, 
I was thinking that is the worst cameo <laughs> moment that I've seen in a long, a long time. It just did not work. Okay. One and of he didn't even look like, uh, well, the the broken eye guy didn't really look too much like no, the, no, the guy didn't. from the, the cantina. Um, <laughs> one of my favorite things about this movie is that you can just stitch this to the beginning of episode four and just watch it straight through and you won't even notice. Well, you, you notice when it makes the, the shift to someone else's character arc. Because yeah. this, the, but you are right. I mean, what it, if the main character goes, is the Death Star plans? Then it's fine. <laughs> it goes directly, <laughs> it goes directly into A New Hope. It, like, hours later, maybe a couple days, maybe Minutes. a week, you know, but it, it goes <laughs> right into it. And yeah, I mean, it ends with the, the blockade runner flying away, going to hyperspace, while Darth Vader watches from his Star Destroyer, which then the next scene in the series is that ship running away from the Star Destroyer. Mm. Star Destroyer caught up with it. Man, yeah, that... But that's what they can do with this movie. Ben, yep. do we perhaps have the greatest Darth Vader moment in all of Star Wars in this movie? Is Do we have it? I think it's we might. Close. Because it's, this is seeing Darth Vader. You know, people complain about Episode Four and the, the lightsaber battle not being like a Jedi battle mm. because it's these I mean, basically two old men swinging lightsabers at each other. But you notice, I mean, there wasn't really room for it. Which in the movie there wasn't. In the first movie, there wasn't a lot of room for them to do a lot of jumping and leaping. He just walks, yep. and he does the same thing he does in Empire Strikes Back when he is fighting. Luke Skywalker in Empire Strikes Back, he has the upper hand for the beginning of their battle. He's not even trying. He's fighting Luke Skywalker one-handed. Yep. He has his one hand on his lightsaber, and then he's doing... And is it a better fight than when he's fighting Luke Skywalker? Uh, as far as his force moves and stuff like that go, yes. Yes, it is. As far as the emotion of the moment, I think that the, the Luke Skywalker-Darth Vader battle in Empire Strikes Back because of the emotion, it might be better, but not as far as Darth Vader just being a menace. Just, uh, yeah. I mean, okay, the moment, the specific moment I'm talking about is when the lights go off, the door opens, and there's just black smoke, and you just hear the breathing. And then the and, lightsaber illuminates him. Yes. And that was just, I was terrified. And, man, that is the scariest Darth Vader moment we've had. I thought it was great. Well done. Yeah, it was. Well, and then I mean, just the way he is almost nonchalantly walking through these people. Yeah. And <laughs> just throwing them back, throwing them forth, picking them up, getting their weapons, slicing them as a human dicing. shield. Yeah. Oh, man, oh, man. I love the franticness of them. They're just kind of like trying to run away and shoot oh, him, but yeah. they're just like, I'm dead. Like, and that just seals. I mean, oh, they they knew. Yeah, they it's knew. over, and it it just seals the urgency and the desperation. Like every every moment, it's just clawing tooth and nail to get these Death Star plans away from the Empire and into re the rebellion's hands. Well, that's all of Act Three. All of Act Three is them just desperately trying to get. To accomplish the mission, yeah. get those plans into the right hands. And when they realize they can't transmit 
the plans out the way they thought they'd be able to. Well, now we have to do it this way. And all of Act 3 is just this desperate, desperate battle to save the universe. Uh, and it's, again, the right ending. Kids, I want to hear from you. And Hudson, I'd include you, not in the kids grouping, but I want to hear from you. What do you think about the ending? Laurel? Anybody? Anybody? Laurel, what do you think about the ending? Did you like the ending? No, not really, because they didn't have to kill everyone. Like, they could have... They could have renamed Rogue One, Everyone Dies. Yeah. Didn't they kind of have to die, though? Like, for... I don't know, Evan and I were kind of talking about this, and, like, if any of them had survived, like, they would have been the story in Episode 4. They like, would have been, they the, heroes been the heroes of not, Rebellion. Yeah. yeah, Luke Skywalker would have been a nobody. They would have gotten the medals, yes. Yeah, they would have been up there with Chewie and everybody. So, but they're not. So they would have had to die I feel beforehand. like they had to die because of the stakes. And when we talked about the, what this movie could be, and we talked about with Steve, and Steve was talking about, show me something new, show me something different. And my, my impression with that first trailer was, these are all characters who don't have to survive. We don't know what's going to happen to them. We don't know their, their, the end of their story. Jen, she could have survived. Or, am I saying her name right? Yeah. Yeah. She, Jin, yeah, Jin, she could have survived and just left and just been like, this is over. Or she could have survived and been on a hospital bed like, um, uh, like Finn. Uh, it, it, she didn't have to die for the story to happen, but I feel like this was the stakes. This was what they were giving up. They had chosen this path, chosen this route, and this was the end of their character arc for all of them, for everyone involved, they all chose to go. And, you know, for them to choose to go, it was basically saying, we've done things that we are not proud of. And if this rebellion is over right now, we have done it for nothing. And we can't let that be. What's the, I forget, I can't remember how to say his name, but the guy that raised her after her father left, Saul Forrest Whitaker, Forrest Whitaker, yeah, ghost yeah. dog. But anyways, I his death was almost like a foreshadowing of all the rest of them because he was like, "This is a choice, and I'm sacrificing myself for this cause." And that theme of the choice—is he really sacrificing himself? No. <laughs> I, I mean, it's almost the Obi Wan Kenobi thing where why did Obi Wan Kenobi have to sacrifice himself? Well, there's there's reasons, and you can work through it. But he did the same thing. He's like, "Well, this is it." He could have got on, on that spaceship. He, maybe he couldn't <laughs> run fast enough. Maybe he just knew, I'm just going to slow them down because my legs don't work as yeah. well as they used to. But I, I want to hear about the ending as far as uh, Tim and, and Ellen in the back there. All right, what Ellen, what'd you think? Well, I didn't exactly like all of them dying, but like after like the first few of the main characters started to die, I was like, oh, I, I think they're all just going to go because... They did. I was, I was just thinking, like, they would have had to bring them back, like, in the next movie. Like, that would have made sense, so it would have, like, not been a very good ending if they hadn't all died, I guess. So, yeah. Tim, what about you? Well, I knew that at least, or at most, only the two main characters were going to, to survive. I, I knew that... Every, almost everyone was going to die because they had said that there were, uh, in episode four, 
Mon Mothma had said that there were like great casualties, uh, like sacrifices for getting the plans. Okay. Okay. So, um, <laughs> anything else that you kids want to talk about on the spoiler front? Things that happened in the movie that we couldn't talk about before, but moments that you liked or didn't like that are specific. And we'll start with uh, Tim, make our way around to Laurel, and then Hudson can jump in. I, I like the blind Jedi guy, who was a half Jedi, I guess. Self-taught Jedi, maybe, huh? Yeah. I have the force forces with me. <laughs> yeah, he had his little mantra. What, what Anything else that you liked, didn't like? I wasn't expecting Jin's dad to be, like, still alive, I guess, and then, like, still, like, working for the rebels. Like, I wasn't expecting it to be, like, from that side, where, like, even though it looks like he's doing, like, the wrong thing, he's actually kind of, like, working for the rebels. Laurel? Um, there weren't really any real Jedi, and I didn't really like that, because, like, that's what all the other movies are about. But, like Ellen said, I did like that the dad was still, like, being good. <laughs> there was a bad Jedi. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, girls, I mean, this will be an inside joke maybe to almost everyone who's listening, but did this movie remind you of, like, a space version of American Girls? Because every <laughs> single American Girl <laughs> movie... The father has to leave for one reason or another. Maybe he's dead. Maybe he's lost in World War II. And the, every time we watch, it's like, oh, there's the dad. He's gone again. <laughs> Thanks a lot, American Girl doll movie makers. Making the dads feel good. So, Hudson, what do you think? Any thoughts? Wait, wait, wait. Before you go to Hudson, uh, I want to do one more round with the kids. Uh, do you? Would you tell your friends they should see this movie or not. Laurel. Um, yeah, maybe, yeah. You th- you, do you think it's good enough that you'd say, yeah, I think you'd like it? Does the um, stuff that you don't like make, it, you, make you not like it enough to say, yeah, I didn't like it, don't go? It would depend on what friend I'm talking to. <laughs> um, I liked it. Yeah. All right. Ellen? Yeah, I... I liked it enough that I would recommend it to a friend. I would, yeah, I would recommend it to a friend. I would recommend this one over episode seven. Really? How come? Interesting. I, I like, this one felt more like a real Star Wars movie than episode seven did. Interesting. All right. All right, Hudson. To you. Okay, I actually disagree with Tim. I would, I would flip them. I I personally like seven better than this one, although I really 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 liked seven, so this one's up there too. But it just had a much darker theme throughout. Um, I don't know. And Evan and I were debating whether episode three was more dark than this. And I definitely say episode three. I think the horrors in episode three were very bad, but this one just like what was good. Like it was hard to figure out who was really good, who were the good guys. And that was a theme that kind of troubled me throughout it, mm. that it was very difficult and it was very dirty and murky, I guess, is a good way of and describing ben, that. I wanted to ask you, did did this sour 
the rebellion for you in any way? Uh, yes and no. I mean, it felt like a pretty realistic view of a military resistance. Uh, I mean, we already have had words about, uh, you know, civilian casualties on the Death Star, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, that's that's where you're you're doing the the equation, the the life, the the life value equation, as far as okay, planets that can be destroyed, millions upon millions of people versus the lives of those innocent people who would be on the Death Star. And then you have the people who say, well, there are no innocents on the Death Star. If they are working with the Empire, then they are with the Empire. And that kind of thing. You can get into some of those questions of resistance and those questions of pacifism and all that kind of stuff. Does it sour the rebellion? Not completely, because this is the, I mean, the whole idea of everything that was happening here, every step of the way as far as the rebellion went, had people who were doing their own thing. So you have the one commander who's on, at the base, and he is there on the base telling uh, the, the, I can't remember the guy's name that was with Jin. Mustache man. <laughs> um, that guy, he, they were doing their own thing. You know, you're, you have your orders and here's some extra. You know, this is your kind of submission that I'm giving to you in private. And, and then you had the, the whole idea of Rogue One being these are people who are going on a mission against the wishes of the rebellion. And, it kind of shows that there's factions. It shows that there's people who are not uh, united. It's not a united front. And the, you, does it sour the rebellion? I guess a little bit, but it shouldn't because that's kind of a realistic view. Now, it does get murky, like Hudson said, where you have them, you know, the, the one guy who is killing, you know, another spy who he, you know, should be his buddy. You know, but he's killing him because they have to do that. He kills uh, uh, one of the resistance fighters on Jeddah uh, because that guy is about to kill Jin, and it he has a turn. He turns away, and then it's that moment, like I said before, all these things we did that are in a gray area, uh, they'll be worth nothing if the rebellion stops here. It means we did all these things. We made all these gray decisions, some of them to do awful things, and it was for naught. And so, I, I, yeah, I can't say it sours the rebellion completely, but it does give an added layer of reality. Instead of the rah-rah, we blew up the Death Star, and now we're having a medal ceremony, it's, there's casualties and there's one moment that didn't ring real true that was from Michael Giacchino's, however you say his name, uh, music. And that was when they started pushing the one Star Destroyer into the other. And you had a fanfare going on that was a rah-rah moment. And it, it kind of was a rah-rah moment. But they actually showed people getting slammed into walls. And you, know, you didn't see them getting you know, flying out into space. But you saw the debris. And there were people in the debris flying out into space, dying horrible deaths, but you had this rah-rah music going on. And that's not what this movie was. This movie was to show the cost uh, of rebellion, to show the cost of what they had to do to stop the Empire from killing more people. And maybe maybe that's why they had the music, to show the irony of it, that here's this whole thing. And personally, when I watched that scene, 
I was just like, oh, this is awesome. All this destruction, this space battle is the best thing ever. But then I was also just the whole time thinking like, well, the bad guys are people too. And like, you see all these people dying and it's just like, what were their families like? What were their lives like? That's the thing that I was asking myself the entire time. And perhaps that's just really good job on the film's part with that story to make it seem like that and kind of how you were saying that. Yeah, this this movie makes you see the cost. When when the Death Star exploded, you saw the people who were on the Death Star before it exploded. You didn't see them dying, though. And the you saw rebels dying in the Death Star battle in the first movie because their ships are blowing up, and you see them wincing in pain. You you And you're meant to feel like, oh, we just lost something. But every single stormtrooper who dies, every single TIE fighter that blows up, every you know, then everyone who's on the the Death Star that that's a different movie. That's a movie that's saying, "Hey, we're having this battle and we're going to fight until the end." This movie is saying, "Hey, there's a, there's gray areas to all this, and you have to choose." And and it does talk about you know uh, choice versus chance and some of those things. Um, the biggest thing for me was just that choice of uh, we have to do this. We're going to sacrifice and. Uh, when they realize, oh, it's done, it's done, and it's just the inevitability of it, but it wasn't for nothing. Every one of those guys that Darth Vader killed, it was not for nothing. Mm-hmm. I, I I love the ending. Um, once they get the plans onto the ships, and it's just a mad scramble. I thought that was a perfect way to end it. And then, um, I uh, I think Jen and Inigo Montoya's deaths. Tim said the or, same thing. I, I as soon as that guy in, showed up, Tim, Tim nudged me and yep. says, "My name is Neil Montoya. Yep. You killed my father." And uh, their deaths were some of the saddest, I think, in all of Star Wars. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, it's so sad. I really felt for them on the beach. Just they're just watching this wave of destruction coming toward them. And that was the same kind of thing, like Hudson said with with uh, Saul, and and that I wave did not feel just... bad for Saul at all. No. I really. <laughs> I really did not like his character at all. You know what, though? You weren't supposed to. This was someone who took it too far. Mm. And this is, you know, they're talking about making those choices. I don't feel like you were supposed to be on his side. He was on the side of the rebellion, but he was causing trouble for the rebellion. He was taking things so far that he was sacrificing people just because. You know, he he had no trust at all when uh, the, the pilot came and couldn't just accept the message no he had to just drain the guy's brain yeah or whatever that tentacled creature thing it looked like something from dune but or that tim said it looked like jabba the hut jabba uh, with longer arms and more of them yeah so what what else is there to talk about here i mean i feel like we had we there's a lot to talk about i just don't how about know style we start this movie in flashback. Yep. And that is, first of all, they're in on film, in, in episodes of like Clone Wars and maybe in Rebe- Rebels. I haven't seen that. But there, there have been some flashback things going on. But in all seven episodes of the Skywalker saga, quote unquote, never a flashback. A vision. A vision, yes. No a story uh, to, to hear, yes. But never... Uh, a flashback like this and then we jump ahead what 16 years or something like that 
and there is no text crawl. And there, when it, the title is just Rogue One, it doesn't say anything about Star Wars. Yep. And there's no anthem. It's just a, a quick little, maybe a quick little fanfare. Um, but it's it's different, and I think they're setting the the stage for them to continue doing different things outside of the trilogies. Yeah. Um. Let's see. I know there was more stuff to talk about. How about the music? Okay. Yeah, I just I felt like this was just a very different feel from your typical Star Wars movie, um, and I think that's why I liked Episode Seven better was because it felt more like a Star Wars mm. film. But I love this as a standalone. Like this is a great movie. Like I love it, and especially those themes that we were talking about, just like what is good, what are the choices that you have to make, things like that. But as a Star Wars film, that just doesn't it just isn't the same feel as the other ones had. I'm tacking this thing on to every time I watch episode four. I I I I would almost go so far as to say this is the best movie I've seen all year. Maybe maybe their rival was better. Maybe. <laughs> or maybe not. I thought you were but, saying their rival. No, the the arrival. The arrival no. Yeah. But um No no no. I, I liked it because it was an adventure film. It had heart. And the heart was tied into the ideas that it was trying to get you to think about. Mm. And the characters were all not purposefully like created to just show you the theme, but did that in, in their, their actions. But they were all logical and natural uh, extensions of where this kind of a story would go and, and, and take those characters. Uh, the music fell flat for me a few times I think that might be one of the biggest things where it doesn't really sound like a Star Wars movie and you don't get the the feels because of there's no there's no happy John Williams score no no, he does echo John Williams Mm. and he does use some of John Williams actual cues but there's points where I'm listening and I'm just thinking oh he's trying to sound like this from John Williams that I've heard before and it works better. It has is worked better when he's done that in other movies than in in this one. And so I I don't feel the need to run out and and buy this album like I did with The Force Awakens, like I did with going back to Michael Giacchino, like I did with um uh like Tomorrowland, where he just does John Williams and it's amazing, or um Jurassic World even. So I really enjoyed seeing Darth Vader's summer home. Yeah, yeah. You know, that comes from an early idea for Empire Strikes Back, where he had this palace that was basically set among the lava and Mordor. <laughs> Mordor. I thought I that's the one planet they didn't give us a, a text, a lower third text for to tell us where we were. Seriously. And I was expecting them to say it was uh, Mustaf- Mustafar. Mustafar, yeah. I, th- I thought it was going to be Mustafar. I also thought it could have been Sullust, I think. Yeah, Sullust. Which, Sullust, yeah. which is a new planet they introduced in um, Battlefront, the new one, where, uh, at, and I think it's the Imperial shipyards are there or something. Well, I mean, they didn't have to name it necessarily. We don't need to know. If it was Mustafar... That's there's some irony there, yes, because that's where he lost his limbs. And what'd you think of when they revealed him? 
in the in the little in tank the thing. Tank. I like that. Yeah, I was like, "Whoa, what's happening? This is cool." I thought it was neat because if you're watching him in the 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 number order, you've watched in episode three the last you've seen of him. Yeah, absolutely. And that he you put him in the suit, but then you know we open that thing up, we know exactly who that is. Did he, how much limbs did he have? Because it almost looked like he had arms, kind of stumps. There, yeah, I yeah. Mean, they. He was being held under the armpit, mm. but you couldn't see much through the the mist. It was just just enough. He's still got his biceps, and he's got his uh, he was cut off at the knees, so it's not his whole arm and his whole. Okay, legs. Yeah, yeah, but he looked relatively healthy, which would make sense. Relatively, it's been, so, <laughs> it's been so long. But since we saw him last, going off of what you were saying, one thing I liked about Darth Vader's costuming is they kept they gave his, they kept his eyes kind of transparent. Because if you watch in the original um, episode four, it, compared to the episode five and six, his eyes are more transparent and they kind of have a brown hue to them. Whereas in episode five and six, it's it's all black. Yeah. And this, they kept that. This felt like, you know, and I know you keep talking about liking the links and the bridges and stuff like that. And that's clearly uh, the costuming because his, his, his suit changes between mm-hmm. between movies. And this is another one kind of just we're moving into episode four and it has to be because are they going to redesign his suit in the eight hours yeah <laughs> yeah so let's see characters oh, one thing that i wanted to say in the theater but i i didn't you know the brown stormtroopers yeah they're yeah. called shore troopers how great is that yeah it fits scout trooper <laughs> snow trooper stormtrooper shore trooper shore trooper. i love it yeah that works because they're they're designed to go on beaches. <laughs> Tim thinks it's stupid. Uh, it, I like it. It fits the naming convention that we already had. So, uh, I'm trying to think of some other things to get into, but I feel like we've hit a lot of the the main points. Yeah, the other I stuff's am, little. I am curious to hear what Steve thinks of this. Uh, if if he actually would feel like this was something different, because that was his whole. His whole thing, his whole big rant, really, about the the trailer was, "Give me something different." This trailer is nothing different. Give me something different, and I think we this got feels it. like we got something different. Um, and I feel like it's a strong beginning to these side stories that aren't part of the trilogies. Uh, and there's a part of me that's almost a little sad that the next movie is going to be Han Solo, out of the these side movies. Next next year we get Episode Eight. And then it's Han Solo uh, in a prequel story for him. And then we get episode nine, and then it's going to be, I don't know, Boba Fett or something like that. And I'm I, hoping for Obi-Wan Kenobi, man, with I, Ewan McGregor. I wouldn't mind an Obi-Wan Kenobi movie, but I, I liked seeing this where it was, it was new people. It was people we didn't know, and it gave us something fresh. Uh, now, it clearly capped off their story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're so, not going back to that well. No, no. And and that's fine. I want a whole movie with CGI Tarkin. And he's the main <laughs> character. Yep, yep. And then you can watch Christmas Carol and Polar Express. I right will. With it. Gladly. And, with popcorn. Ugh, and I'll invite my friends. Cannot stand Polar Express. Cannot stand. Next Christmas, Polar we'll Express. have the great Polar Express debate. That's the next one coming. We already the, had the, the special debate is, edition. I don't debate. like it. You can't. And the the other side is your opinion is flawed. 
Oh, no. By, oh, by the lack of it, information. Your, your opinion is wrong, is basically what Evan says. Flawed. Merely askew from the real reality of how things are. Yeah, Evan. <laughs> <laughs> you got some learning to do, my friend, about how opinions and facts work. So We'll, we'll pick this up next year. Uh, maybe we will. Maybe we won't. I have no intention to ever watch Polar Express ever again. I will be doing an episode by myself. Go for it. Or I will be playing Evan and Ben. <laughs> and we will have a, a good, good debate about Why are we this. talking about Polar Express? We just <laughs> saw a Star Wars movie. <laughs> what would you guys think of What you guys think of the force throughout it? Like we had the character the who force. was always like talking about the force and his disbelieving friend, but who was also very loyal and then um the mother gave this. I don't even know what it was. But it's a kyber little, crystal. Yeah. Okay, that's what they power the lightsabers okay. with. Okay, and the Death Star. Yes. Irony. <laughs> oh, Emperor Palpatine, I, evil, I, evil man. <laughs> I like the way the Force was used in the movie. I like the way it was kind of this remnant of people who follow the ways of the Force mm. and who they don't have anyone to really teach them the ways of the Force because the Jedi are gone but you have you know the there's still people saying the the force will be with you may the force be with you and then you have um donnie yen i can't remember his character's name either there's so many characters and uh they have not easily rememberable names for me but uh the way he is just following the force because it's there he knows it's there and this temple that they're at is there and was there for a reason. It was there for the Jedi and it's evidence of, uh, of the force. And it's a, it's a remnant of, of a lost era. And I, I liked that. I liked that a lot. Uh, and it kind of feeds into the whole thing with Han Solo in the, in the first movie where he said, I ain't never seen anything like the force, you know, that, that's just a um, superstition, and I, I can't believe that. That's just too crazy to believe. And people saying, well, why wouldn't he? Because he would have been alive, uh, maybe born at least, because he's older than Luke Skywalker. When he was born, Jedi were around, and there would have still been people talking about it who had seen Jedi. And But then you also see that this is a big galaxy. Yep. And, and, and the Emperor is doing everything he can to erase any memory of the Jedi at all like in in a lot of the things uh, that they're releasing with uh the extended canon in the books and things uh, i just read the tarkin book and someone brought the jedi and said, we do not speak of the jedi and they were they were they told her not to talk about it so there's a big campaign that palpatine's doing here to get rid of them and they said that destroying the holy city was the last that's the last remnant of the jedi and it's gone now yeah not quite well, no, I mean, clearly. I mean, Obi-Wan Kenobi is still around. Yeah. And I liked how they mentioned him in uh with Bail Organa. Yeah, if they had left it at that, as far as like uh we gotta get a message to him, oh I know the person to give the message, I'd trust her with my life. That I would have been great with. Like, oh, I hey, it's a reference. You know, I get that reference. But and they took it to the end scene. Hudson, what do you think of the force? Um I don't. I have mixed feelings. I was brought up um, not being allowed to do much with Star Wars just because um, my parents thought there was a lot of dualism um, within it. Which there is. 
Which, yeah. Um, however, I, I, I just kind of thought it was a unique uh, thing that I resonated with faith. Um, yeah. That it can sometimes be this thing that you just have to hold on to even when, you know, everything's exploding around you. And you just got to hold on and trust. And, like, this guy, I don't know his name either, but he couldn't see. And yet he's walking out into what he knows is going to be his death. But he's holding on to the, this this idea that he's had. Um, and kind of in some ways it reminded me, making a weak connection, to the 400 years before Christ came um, in the Bible. We just have this period of no Jedi, so to speak. And nobody teach you, and they're just holding on, like simians um, are holding on to this idea of faith. Um, so I don't know; it just kind of resonated with me in that way. Yeah, I felt um, the same way. It's very this one. It, it's a, a lot, a lot closer parallels to Christianity. Well, as far as the Donnie Yen character goes, absolutely. Yeah. It is is much much more of a a faith thing, and and much much less of a superpowers. We're gonna, you know be able to have super speed and and force lightning and all this stuff you know he's trusting in something that's what and this is a really great example of them saying you need to trust the force you know luke let go you know trust the force this is a lot more of a better example of that yeah and i guess that's what i was hoping for i was hoping with characters that weren't super powered people who had special abilities I was hoping for people I could relate to and I related to him and it was it was like we see how the force works with these Jedi what about your average person who's just growing up in this universe and I felt like I got that um, yeah so that's something I came in hoping for and we know from episode 7 now that people regular people like they can know the force they can they can trust the force but they don't necessarily have to be part of the Jedi order yeah cuz uh, Donnie Yen's friend then you know, yeah. is that kind of well, passage he, of faith. Didn't uh, he say that he used to be? He used to be a believer yeah. because they were guards of the temple kind mm. of thing. And then when the Empire came in and, and started ransacking everything, they lost purpose. And so they were on just street people. And, you know, like not quite the street evangelist, almost like a, a psychic uh, you know, who's sitting there? Hey, I'll I'll read your fortune, kind of thing. But you know, it 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 worked for me. Those those two characters worked for me, and the one then Donnie Yen's friend, who he starts trusting in the force, and he's doing a really good job of shooting people because the, the force. force is helping him. Yes, too. but uh, <laughs> so. Uh, so there's some breakdowns in the metaphor, you know, as far as, uh, um, although I did hear, oh, there's the quote from Benny Hinn back when I was in, Benny Hinn. back when I was in college, he, he said, I just want to, I just want to shoot every unbeliever with a Holy Spirit handgun. And it's just like, okay, Benny Hinn. <laughs> but, or maybe it was a Holy Spirit machine gun. Okay, but, Benny Hinn. <laughs> uh, so... <laughs> no, I I did hear that uh, Donnie Yen. It was his idea for the the character to be blind. Nice. So I'm not quite sure where the character would have gone. Uh, like that last scene would not have had the impact if he had been uh, sighted. Because... Funny jokes. Some funny jokes in here. They put the robot. This... <laughs> put... We didn't talk about the robot at all. Let's talk, talk about, about the robot. The giant imperial robot who's basically their Chewbacca. He was like their Chewbacca, C-3PO, and Jar Jar all rolled into yep, one. Yeah. Yep. He's just like smashing people on the head and stuff and throwing <laughs> them across the room. 
doing, doing whatever he wants. And then he died too. Yeah. Well, it wasn't that he died too. He was the first of our main cast to die, wasn't he? I think so. And he he sacrifices himself nobly, which is cool. Um, they it's uh, that's something they've done a lot in the expanded universe in the video games and things. Noble sacrifice. No, no, no. The snarky, snarky, fun, uh, sardonic droid. droid character, and I like that they finally put him in a movie. It's fun. Yeah. All right. I don't know what our, our minute marker is right now because I'm not holding the computer. But One hour, 20 minutes, I ben. think it's time for us to, to shut this down. Uh, final word from everyone, and then we will we'll say goodbye. And should we need to bring up our, our sponsors, too? Oh, yes. We shall bring up our sponsors. All right. So let's get final words from the Avery Kids, final word from Hudson, final word from Evan, and our sponsors. Okie dokie. All right. Avery Kids. One last thing you'd like to say about the movie. Um, I liked the old guys in the puffy clothes that they killed because they were funny because <laughs> they were old. They the engineers yeah. on the oh, <laughs> yeah. with their fluffy, shiny, plasticky yeah. clothes. Yeah, yeah. Yes, it reminds me of your Princess Leia pajamas, maybe. Um, the the friend of the blind guy, he was my favorite, and I really liked his gun. Nice. That was a cool gun. It was. Not young and not attractive, but you had to you had to have a backpack character. to shoot that gun. That was yeah. the, that was his power pack, right? Yeah, I think so. Like ammo or something. It was his ammunition pack or something. He was kind of like Chewbacca too with that giant gun. <laughs> yeah, but then Donnie Yen was like Chewbacca with his crossbow. Yeah. All I, right. He was he was using stormtroopers as a shield too. That, oh, that was painful. Team. Awesome. That was Jackie Chan right there, man. The way he's he using the, the environment. That was an awesome, awesome fight. One of the best Jedi fights of the movie series. That whole time, I'm just thinking that poor stormtrooper that they're using as a body shield. <laughs> yeah. uh, hey, can we just say that they needed a new uh, body armor material? Because, <laughs> I mean, people are complaining about the Ewoks in Return of the Jedi being able to... but. Just a, a punch to the face in that body armor, and they're down. Well, he's he's shattering their visor. You could hear it. No, he was doing that, but not everyone was. And it, it, yeah. Okay, Tim. Final word. Meow. Pew, 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 pew. Okay. Nice. Uh, Hudson. I'll put words to that. I love the space battles in this, and ultimately, I just say great standalone Star Wars film. So. Evan. Shore Troopers. And my final word is there still was the Star Wars tropes of the, the space battle going on while something else is going on on the planet and they have to get the shield down. We talked about getting the shield generators. Yep. Shield generators. Shield generators. That's all it's about. <laughs> and, and you basically, I mean, it wasn't a trench that they were flying through, but they might as well have been. And yeah. As different as this was, it definitely was a piece of a whole. I mean, I have a bad feeling about. Hey, quiet. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, all right, so we th- we want to thank our sponsors for this episode so much, and I think we only have one sponsor for this one, and that would be the Woodprint Shop. If you want to get your photos or artwork printed on rustic wood planks like nowhere else. 
Well, then you can go to thewoodprintshop.com and they will do that for you. We have seen the product in action. Me and Ben both vouch for its quality and coolness. And we are giving away that sample that we have seen in our next episode. So stay tuned and see if you're a winner or someone you know. Yes, we have two more episodes before Christmas that'll be Christmas themed. Next episode, we're going to be doing our what gift would you give to a fictional character and why? And then after that, we have a very special presentation. Ooh, presentation. A dramatic presentation. Uh, we like to do something special every Christmas, something unique and weird and different. And this time, I think we have gone about as far as we can go as far as unique and weird and different. It's going to be really fun. Very true. All that is very true. <laughs> All right. That means we're going to wrap this one up then. So. All that said, I want to say thank you so much for listening. We do want to hear what you think of the Star Wars movies, uh, especially this one. We are going to be returning to talk about Rogue One at some point because we do want to get Steve's opinion if he has one. Yes. Uh, He is not sure when he's going to be able to see the movie, so we're not sure when we're going to revisit the movie. But we will be revisiting, and that would be a great time for us to present any feedback that you might have about the Star Wars movies, especially Rogue One. And I want to thank everybody for their feedback already on the uh, special edition episode on Facebook. Some fun conversation there. Thanks, everybody, for chiming in and giving us your thoughts. We really love it. All that said, thank you so much for listening. Yes, thank you. (laughs) And Godspeed. You've been listening to the Strangers and Aliens podcast, hosted by Ben Avery, Steve MacDonald, and Dr. Jace O'Neill. Our music was composed and mixed by Tim Leffel. Please join in the conversation by visiting our website, strangersandaliens.com, where you will find show notes, articles, reviews, and more. You can also email us directly at podcast at strangersandaliens.com or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash strangers. Or you can leave us a voicemail on the Strangers and Aliens hotline. Just call 1-804-37-ALIEN and leave your message. And once again, thanks for listening. Why are we talking about Polar Express? We just saw a Star Wars movie. (laughs)